0: 2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk.
1: All right, welcome in, everybody, and good Friday night to you. Welcome into the weekend. Great to have you with us here tonight on Sports Talk across the state here on the Sports Talk Media Network. This is where people come to visit in the sports world every night from 6 to 8. We welcome you in. We look forward to hearing from you tonight. What a day! In the news world of sports, right here in the state of South Carolina, this was a day that you would call a smoking kind of day. With news popping about every half hour or so, our website, sportstalksc.com, loaded up with stories from today. If you haven't checked it out, feel free to do so. We'll go over everything in just a moment and hit on the big stuff and take your phone calls about the things that have happened today. Uh, and your thoughts on those things the phone number is 888-898-2525 South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number love to have you through to us tonight we'll take your phone calls throughout we'll talk about things that have happened today we'll talk about the basketball coming up tomorrow South Carolina playing home against Tennessee Clemson playing road against Pittsburgh Tigers trying to go to 5 and 0 in the ACC that is rare air for Clemson basketball to be 5-0 and and standing alone atop the ACC should they win that game tomorrow, take a picture of it, take a picture of the standings if indeed it happens. But Pittsburgh, like Clemson, is having a pretty magical start to ACC play, and I'm sure the, the Panthers feel like they can win that game tomorrow just as much as Clemson feels like they can win that game tomorrow. Should be a pretty wild one. South Carolina, Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, an excellent team. A team you have to consider to be one of the two or three favorites in the SEC and a a team that can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament come March. So looking forward to seeing Rick Barnes and his group in Columbia tomorrow. So basketball is is big. Of course, uh, NFL wraps up the regular season. Uh, We'll talk about what the league is going to be doing. Related to the playoffs, Damar Hamlin, the news continues to be very, very good as the tube has been removed. And today he did a FaceTime with his team for a few minutes, and he's making extremely good progress. So I think at least from an outsider's standpoint, but listening to his doctors last night as they did a press conference, it certainly seems like he is, uh, I guess, can we safely say out of the woods and turn the corner and is now making great strides toward a full recovery and getting back to normal, whatever his normal is going to be with his situation. I do hope that they will, with the family's permission, of course, disclose eventually the cause of this. Was it the hit that he took or was there some underlying condition that he had that people did not know about? And that cannot be discounted at this point. So, we got all that to talk about. The phone number is two five two five. So today the South Carolina Board of Trustees approved a new contract, an extension for Shane Beamer. Beamer will earn an average of six and a half million dollars per season in this new contract. Chris Lowe of ESPN was the first one this afternoon to put it together and have the details of what the contract was going to have in it. And then later on the board met and approved the contract, so it's $6.5 million on average per season through 2027. So now he's back at a five-year deal. And that's the highest average salary ever paid to a Gamecock head coach. His 23 salary will be 6125000 million. He'll receive $250,000 annual raise through the life of the contract. And, of course, there are other incentives built into the contract. Beamer was making $2.75 million this season. He was the lowest-paid head coach in the SEC based on published salaries. Vanderbilt, as a private school, does not have to reveal the salaries of their coaches. Beamer's new contract will make him the league's ninth-highest-paid coach, according to Lowe, and the buyouts in his contract remain unchanged from his original deal. Beamer has led the Gamecocks to a 15-11 and record. Back-to-back bowl trips in his first two seasons. Gamecocks were 4-4 four and four in the SEC this season, third place in the East. Beamer's first USC team was 3-5 and five in the SEC, making his two-year conference mark 7-9. and nine. Among the highlight victories this year, back-to-back top 10 wins over Tennessee and Clemson, first-ever win over Texas A&M, and a victory over a ranked Kentucky team in Lexington. By comparison... Beamer's predecessor, Will Muschamp, went 15-11, and 8-8 in the SEC in his first two seasons. He also received a raise and a new contract, which included a hefty buyout after going 9-4 and in year two. The school later was forced to pay Muschamp close to $13 million in a buyout when he was fired during the 2020 season. uh, Today, the school also announced that Lonnie Teasley is the new offensive line coach. He'll be paid $410,000 per season in a two-year contract. He was serving as an offensive analyst when he had to replace Greg Atkins during the season for health reasons. Atkins returned to some of his duties late in the season, but Teasley continued most of the hands-on work with the offensive linemen. And the school also rewarded... Defensive coordinator Clayton White, running backs coach Montario Hardesty, defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsay, defensive ends coach Sterling Lucas, and secondary coach Torian Gray with new deals. So that is the story. That's the overview on South Carolina and Shane Beamer. And I would say that, you know, South Carolina's got a good deal here with Shane Beamer, considering that he's still – not among the highest-paid coaches in the SEC, though he's only two years in. Everything is, of course, market-driven. It's what the market—it's what the market pushes it to, and of course, I guess what your uh, what your agent can squeeze out of you. But they basically got the first two years out of Beamer uh, for nothing. And remember, when he took the job, his his agent wanted him to hold out for more money. And Beamer said, no, I'm taking the job. I'm taking the offer that they have given me. It's a fair offer. I'll earn my money later. I'm paraphrasing there. I'm not quoting. I'll earn my money later. And that's what he has done. So it sounds like a reasonable deal. It sounds like um, in today's world of what uh, college football coaches are making, it seems like a fair deal based on the return so far. Enthusiasm for Gamecock football is very high. Their ticket sales are high. And, of course, it doesn't hurt that the SEC is, uh, is drowning. Is that a good word? The SEC is drowning in money from their television contract, and that's what is driving, of course, uh, a lot of these football and all coaches' contracts, football, basketball, assistant coaches. That's why they are able to pay them what they're able to pay them because of the money they're getting in from television. So the other thing, too, is uh, South Carolina has not tied his hands with an exorbitant buyout here, should it come to that at some point in time, unlike what they had with Will Muschamp. So that remains good. And vice versa, now Beamer is not handicapped by some huge buyout, should he want to get out of the contract for some reason down the road, though I really don't see that happening. So it looks like a terrific marriage between South Carolina and Shane Beamer, and a deal that makes a lot of sense for everybody involved. He's obviously happy. Ray Tanner's obviously happy. And the Board of Trustees uh, signed off on it after taking a look at it. And they've got their man now locked up for the next five years. Of course, you know these contracts are written in pencil because if the Gamecocks have a big year next year, it'll be rewritten next year, and so on and so forth. You reward coaches even though you have them under contract, you kind of look at it year by year. Uh, You don't uh, ever take money away, but if they have that magical year, if they do something that next year, that's just, you know, incredible. Win the division, uh, win the league championship, you know, you rewrite that contract and you make them even richer. So looks like a good deal all the way around, and everybody seems to be happy about it and Lonnie Teasley taking over as the full-time offensive line coach. That seems to be a good situation for all involved uh, as well. So that was the news coming out of South Carolina today. Meantime, at Clemson, you had two of their defensive linemen declare for the Tigers, declaring that they're coming back for another season. So you got defensive tackles Tyler Davis and Rook Orororo. Announcing today, within minutes of each other, that they will return for the 2023 season and not enter the NFL draft. However, reserve defensive tackle Etanosa Rubin reportedly has put his name in the portal, John, to be flushed out. The announcements by Davis and Oro Roro, uh, joining those of uh, defensive end Xavier Thomas, safety Jalen Phillips, and cornerback Sheridan Jones, Earlier this week, I think puts the Tigers on the plus side defensively from their roster standpoint, as the revolving door has been turning since the end of the season. This will help to offset the departures of defensive ends, Miles Murphy, K.J. Henry, and linebacker Trenton Simpson. Is it an even swap? Not necessarily, but it does keep the Tigers. Oh, I should also put in there Brian Bressy and his departure. Uh, it does kind of help ease the sting of those guys leaving early by having two guys who will be right there to anchor the middle of your defensive front, and then you've got two guys who will be back in the secondary uh, helping to contain things back there. Davis, of course, an excellent player, first-team All-ACC, second-team All-American, semifinalist for the Bignaric Award, a team captain, Finished the season with 31 tackles, 9.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks. Oro Roro was a third-team All-ACC choice, 23 tackles on the season, 8 tackles for loss, 4 sacks. Reuben played mostly as a reserve defensive tackle this season. He appeared in eight games and made just one tackle after playing in 12 games and actually having a presence on the defensive line last year. Not so much... This year. All right, so that's the story coming out of Clemson today. Now, back to South Carolina. Marshawn Lloyd has found his next stop. Doesn't have to change up a whole lot of his lettering. He's going to USC the junior. That's right, USC the junior, the younger USC, not the original, not the first, not the leader in USCs in terms of being the first one to be called USC. He's going out to Southern Cal. He announced that today, that he'll be transferring to Southern Cal. He announced his departure from the Gamecocks on December 12th, but until today had not mentioned anything about his future plans. At first, it was thought likely he'd be headed to the University of Maryland near his Delaware home and his high school, DeMatha, in Hyattsville, Maryland, but whatever interest there might have been there, never played out. But what in, <laughs> But whatever interest there might have been there. Too many theirs close together. But whatever interest there might have been there, never played out. Lloyd missed his first season at USC with a torn ACL, and he was hampered by injuries in his final season. He finished his career in 20 games at USC, Rushing for 801 yards and 10 touchdowns. In 20 games, 801 yards and 10 touchdowns. By my math, that's roughly 40 yards a game. Is that right? Yeah, 40 yards a game. So, and he caught 21 passes for 220 yards and two touchdowns. So Marshawn Lloyd, I mean, let's face it, you look at him and he's he's got a ton of talent and um, he did some good things at South Carolina, but he, uh, his numbers weren't great for his time that he was able to be on the field at South Carolina. Again, granting that he had to deal with some injuries uh, this year that cost him uh, basically the last quarter of the season. And uh, he missed all that freshman year. But by all accounts, he's a good guy and a hard worker. He's got abilities. He's got talent. And he's headed out to Southern Cal where the lights are brighter. And the gas is higher. So enjoy spending your NIL dollars on $6 a gallon for gas in your Maserati. Probably cost you $200 to to fill that thing up. Okay, so we got that going on. And we talked about the Beamer deal. We talked about the Clemson guys. And we got some recruiting to share with you as well coming up. So it's been a busy, busy day. And love to get your thoughts on it. Coming up at 7.30, we turn our attention to the world of golf and the world of conditioning. Birdies and bogeys and biceps around South Carolina. George Bryan III, Rob Thames will join us, and we'll be talking with them beginning at 7.30. When we come back from the break, though, we'll get into your phone calls. Go ahead and dial us up, 888 888 That's the lottery's lucky number to Sports Talk. More than 2.1 million lottery-funded scholarships since 2002 have been funded by the lottery, such as Life, Hope, and Palmetto Fellows. So, learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. Chris Bergen is up in Morgantown, West Virginia. He's gonna join us as well at about 6.45, and we'll be back.
2: Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
1: After a day like today, I could use a vacation. How about you? When I think about vacation, I think of the beach, Pauly's Island, Litchfield. And when I think of Pauly's Island, Litchfield, I think of one man, one man only. He stands alone. He stands tall, even though he's only about 5'6. He stands tall over every other realtor at the beach. That's Jimmy Smith at James Smith Realty, Pauly's One call and he'll do it all. He'll find you your spot for this summer, for a week or longer, or maybe you want to buy something at the beach and make it a permanent move. Not a bad idea. Just give Jimmy a call. I guarantee you he'll take your phone call, and he'll talk with you and find out exactly what you're looking for and get it done. Plus, he has a great staff that he works with there as well. 843-237-4246. 843-237-4246. That's for your perfect beach getaway at Paulie's vacationrentals.com. Wide open, wide, slab, stinking open for your phone calls tonight here on Sports Talk, except for recruiting. We always make room for recruiting. The Gamecocks offered an in-state receiver in the 23 class today. We'll talk about him. I think they've got a good chance to get him. Of course, they have the transfer offensive lineman in for an official visit this weekend. I think they've got a good chance to get him. And so we'll fill you in on all that uh, coming up as we go to Andy in Columbia for the first call tonight here on this Friday edition of Sports Talk. And welcome in, sir. How are you?
3: I'm doing pretty well there, Mr. Corn. How about yourself?
1: Couldn't be finer.
3: A couple of questions for you, sir. With Teasley going to O-line coach, does that mean that Coach Atkins is now going to be an analyst or is he no longer with the program?
1: Can't answer. Don't know. They yeah, haven't said. I was
3: said. trying to read that somewhere, and I didn't see anything mentioned about Coach Atkins. Yeah. So I I'm sure that's still saying.
1: to be determined. I'm sure it's like, what what's going to be best for him? Don't know what his health situation is. Does he want to stay on as an analyst? Does he want to move somewhere else? Is he in a retirement sort of mind? Don't really know. They'll let us know at some point in time. I would imagine.
3: Well, I would think. If he was still wanting to coach, wouldn't he still be here at South Carolina? Or was there an issue that we don't know about other than his health?
1: Not aware of any issue. The only thing I know about is that he had some kind of undisclosed health issue that sidelined him for most of the season. He got better towards the end and was back doing some things. But I think Coach Teasley continued to be the the main guy with the offensive lineman and has also stepped up there in the recruiting aspect, too.
3: Right. Well, that's what I'm just saying, though. If Coach Atkins wanted to coach, wouldn't well, he still stay here as a full-time coach? But who knows? Yeah. A couple other things to
1: touch base with you on.
3: Do you um, read about um, Justin Mackey, his new um, venture?
1: Yes, saw that. Yeah. That was um, my man Chris Deering writing that story. And uh, he is uh, going to be a referee, along with you know his other job, his daytime job. But yeah, he's officiating now. I think that's great.
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I always like to see players actually get out there and being the ones calling, calling the games because I think it's a little bit better. Than some of these old guys like us who probably have never been in that type. Hey, well, of well, time well, well. Don't
1: don't don't throw me in the same boat with you when you're talking about old.
3: Well, that's right. You're older than me. Excuse me, Mister
1: Corn. Well, that's and just you, a number. I mean, we're we're, younger to, we're talking to, about that. I'm I'm younger looking. I'm younger thinking. I'm younger acting. That's kind of what I go by.
3: Okay. Um, regarding the nil thing that you said about the gas and cars out in California. Yeah. You got to be an idiot of a kid if you're going to take the portal out to California and in your nil you don't get a gas car but It's unlimited for you to be able to go to any gas station you wanted to and
1: pump gas, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, the cost of living out there, but I'm sure they'll compensate him well, and and he'll be happy. He'll probably spend a year out there, and then he'll think he can go to the NFL, and that'll be the last we'll hear of him.
3: Well, Now, let me ask you a question, Corn. I know that the kids get a certain amount of money um, anyway through the university, and I thought I heard someone say it was like close to twelve or $13,000 a year here at South Carolina. If you go out to the West Coast, you go out to places that have a bigger, you know, cost of living. Is that money more or is it just that money's across the board straight for every university?
1: Well, I know before NIL that South Carolina was offering money to their athletes, all of them, not just football players, but all of them, they had a program where they were giving money to the athletes. And of course you had the stipends that were coming in from the NCAA. I would imagine that's across the board. I don't know that anything fluctuates based on the inflationary standard where you live or the cost of living where you live. I don't know that they increase it by a certain percentage or anything like that. So yeah, cause I you know, don't
3: get a stipend here in Colombia and you go get the same stipend out in LA. That's like getting pennies out in LA.
1: That's right. So, I, but they just give you more. I mean, they just, I mean, no, well that's why with, I was
3: asking about the stipend, if those
1: things... No, had, I I think the NCAA's stipend were universal across the entire country, not based on what the cost of living was in a certain area. Okay, that's what I was curious about. Yeah.
3: I know that NILs can take care of whatever differences that they want to. I was talking more about the the NCAA and how they um, supposedly monitor things. Mm-hmm, yep. Did you talk? Did y'all talk last night about Harbaugh and his? Uh,
1: yeah, y'all did. Yeah, yeah, we, we touched on it. it. Yeah, we touched on. it. I, you know, it I mean, was. It it, it, it didn't sound like it was going to be much of anything. I mean, the stories were like it, it was going to be basically minor violations.
3: I mean, to me, the NCA's is a joke. And what are they trying to do? And what are they trying to prove?
1: That's a good question. It's like everything else they do. They're so reactive instead of, uh, you know, being out in front of things like what happened during the uh, the COVID era and what happened during the, the NIL, the development there. And to come back in now and hit these guys with these minor violations does seem like a joke. Got to hit the break. Be right back. All right, let's give you some of the nitty-gritty details on what the USC Board of Trustees did today for the football coaching staff. And first of all, begin with a uh, kind of an overview of uh, what they did today as they uh, took care of Shane Beamer and took care of his assistant coaches. And first of all, Shane Beamer... Contract begins January 1 and ends December 31, 2027. Be paid uh, 6.125 for this year and then increasing to 6.375, 6.625, 6.875, and topping off at 7.125 in year five of the contract. And there will be, of course, some performance incentive compensation. $100,000 for a non-CFP bowl appearance except for the Citrus Bowl. Or you make the Citrus Bowl, it's one hundred and fifty. dollars Or if you make, bless you, if you make the semifinals of the CFP or a first-round game, I guess, with the expansion, CFP first-round game, you get $300,000, quarterfinal five hundred. dollars Semi-final seven fifty. If you make the national championship, it's a million dollar bonus. If you win it all, one point two five million dollar bonus. Coach may terminate the employment agreement upon three days written notice. If he does so in the first year, he'll pay five million, and then decreases by a million, four, three, two, one, in the final year of the contract. All right. And let's see, I think that's all that there is in that particular document. Okay. To the assistant coaches, we go now to look at some of the details. First of all, Teasley's contract, it's for two years ending December 31, 2024, salary of $410,000, $25,000 bonus for an SEC championship appearance, a victory is worth $50,000, and then he's got performance bonuses reaching $65,000 for a national championship win. His buyout, $200,000 in year one and $100,000 in year two. For the assistant coaches, Torian Gray, two-year extension through the end of 2025, $650,000 this year, then six seventy-five, dollars then seven hundred. dollars in year three, Montario Hardesty gets a one-year extension through 24 at a salary of 400 grand. Jimmy Lindsay one-year extension through 24, 300,000 in year one. Oh, back that, I'm sorry, back that up. His salary is 475. I was reading something else. His salary is 475. Sterling Lucas, one-year extension through 24 salary of 475. Clayton White, a one-year extension through 2025, his salary 1.2, 1.2. And that is it for what they've done for the assistant coaches, the hiring of Teasley and what they did for Shane Beamer as well. So, hey, you got to spend uh, to keep up. There's no question about it. And I think South Carolina is spending wisely here. To me, it looks like a good deal, a reasonable deal. They're not, they're not blowing up the bank, and they're not tying their hands like they were under the Muschamp deal. It, it looks like a win-win, and obviously, uh, Beamer believes in himself, believes that uh, he can continue to uh, grow this program and win more football games. Boy, it really would have been something. Imagine if he had just beaten Notre Dame. And they had won nine games instead of eight. I wonder if that another win, a win over Notre Dame and nine wins, and you're looking at do they bump it even into the $7 million range versus the, the $6 million range that they settled in? They take them over $7 million? Or were they already set on what they were going to do regardless of the bowl game? I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Okay, a uh, le- couple of other things. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is our phone number. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. The staff is set at Coastal Carolina. So here it is: Travis Trickett will be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He joined the staff uh, after um, working with such folks as Bobby Bowden, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, Rich Rodriguez. And he served eight seasons as an offensive coordinator with stints at South Florida this past season and Georgia State and Florida Atlantic and Samford. All right. Then Derek Wareheim is the offensive line coach. And he joins the staff as um, they worked together previously at Texas 2017 through 2019. And he's coming from New Mexico where he spent Seasons there in 2020 and 2022. Well, you know what um, Joe Morrison said when he came to South Carolina after coaching at New Mexico and at UT Chattanooga? I wonder if Derek Warheim feels the same way going to Conway after living in Albuquerque. He's living somewhere now he can spell the name of the town. I mean, Joe Morrison had to spell Chattanooga and Albuquerque. He was very happy just to only have to spell Columbia. Anyway, the tight ends coach is Chris Proctor. And he comes from NC State, where he was the offensive quality control assistant. And Beck was there at NC State. Perry Parks, former coach at Ridgeview, who left to go to Charlotte, a coastal alum, is going to be the receiver's coach. He'll do an excellent job. Xavier Dye, former Clemson wide receiver, is going to be the running back's coach. He'd been at South Florida from 2020 through 2022. On the defensive staff, Craig Navar is your defensive coordinator and safeties coach, 30 years of experience in the Pac-12, the Big 12, and uh, he was on the same coaching staff as Beck at Texas, comes to Coastal after one year at SMU where he coached special teams and safeties. He's your coordinator. Dan Carroll is your co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. And uh, he returns to college after being the defensive coordinator for the Michigan Panthers under Jeff Fisher in the USFL. How about that? And he's coached, uh, as I mentioned, in college previously. He was at UMass for a while and some other spots, of course, as well. University of Houston. Also was at Ohio State in Kentucky. Jimmy Brumbaugh recognized that name. Defensive line, defensive run game coordinator, former All-SEC defensive lineman. And Brumball comes to Coastal after a year at Auburn, which is his alma mater. So, great player back in the day at Auburn. Curtis Fuller will coach the cornerbacks. Recognize that name. Former NFL player and coach. Over his time in the NFL, he coached such players as James Bradbury, Shaq Thompson, Mike Adams, Charles Woodson, Patrick Peterson, Captain Munerlin. He comes to Coastal after one year at Texas A&M Commerce, where he coached safeties. And he also has coached for the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Packers, the Titans, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. Josh Miller will be special teams and outside linebackers coach. He spent three seasons as a defensive line coach at Furman from 2017 to 2019. This year, he worked He worked at, um, let's see here. Um, oh, he was at Coastal. He was at Coastal this year where he worked with two All-Sun Belt honorees and Josiah Stewart and Adrian Hope. So he is staying over and being retained there at uh, Coastal. Speed, strength, and conditioning – is Quinn Barham, and he came to Coastal after working on the Ohio State staff from 2016 to 2022. So that is what the Coastal staff looks like. A lot of staffing news today here in uh, South Carolina. Okay, before we get back to phone calls, speaking of staff, let's welcome in our Chief of Staff, Chris Bergen. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Chief
4: of Staff. I got a raise and a contract extension today and also a new promotion, evidently. So yes, I'm you thrilled did. to be a part of the Sports Talk family.
1: Great day to be in the Bergen <laughs> household. Yes, sir. You got a $25 an hour raise. <laughs> and we got Finn some brand new wet food to eat. Uh-oh.
4: He'll love it. Yeah. He'll love it. Throw yeah. some sweet potato chips in there. He'll be set. Man, y'all lost a tough one last night. Whew. A tough one last night. It's funny, Phil. The last five meetings between Coastal and Appalachian State, the script has almost played out just like last night. I told Coach in the postgame, getting tired of watching the same movie over and over again. The last five games have been decided by either an overtime or one point. Mm. And last night was no, no exception 63 62. Appalachian with the win. You thought Coastal had won it at the foul line. They moved in front 62 61. Ab heaved up a, a long-range three with about four seconds left to go in the game. It bounced off the rim and Coastal just forgot to box out. And C.J. Huntley for Appalachian State, real athletic four or five man, he was able to uh, slide inside, tap it back in with uh, less than a second to go. And Coastal had no timeouts at that point, so they had to heave one up the up the floor, and it was intercepted in the ball game. But yeah, just a, a tough way to lose to Appalachian State. But Coastal's getting used to that because that's how this script seems to always play out. Yeah, that's a tough loss. That's
1: a couple of games there, really, that you you had in your grasp. Coming off that win over Louisiana, you really could be sitting there in a great spot early in league play.
4: Oh yeah, there's. Uh, Fairly easy 3 and 0 record, or you could look at it the other side of the coin. Coastal could be 0 3 sure. in Sunbelt plays, though, because they, they had that narrow win over Louisiana. So things worked out well for them for the opener. It didn't work out so well. They passed two ball games, and now they face the highest scoring offense in the Sunbelts uh, here tomorrow afternoon in Huntington, West Virginia. I'm actually broadcasting from Marshall's basketball arena upstairs on the concourse, so I'm hoping not to interrupt the uh, practice, which is presently going on. But that game set for three thirty against uh, Dan Dantoni's club. I think a lot of folks back in South Carolina will recognize that name as the head coach at Marshall, and, boy, does he have a a team that likes to get it up and down the floor, and they are very good in the backcourt, so it should be an interesting matchup for sure. All
1: right, before we get back to phone calls, uh, your quick thoughts on what South Carolina gave Shane Beamer and the staff today.
4: Well, understandable you wanted to reward him for the uh, first two seasons, Phil, but I'm, I'm just curious, do you worry that you're going down the same pathway, and I'm sure you've probably brought this up already on the program, uh, that you did with Will Muschamp. There was such a rush after Will Muschamp's second year when they won nine ball games to give him a contract extension, huge raise, and obviously we know how that played out. And if you're a Gamecock fan, you certainly don't want to see that, that pathway play again with, uh, with Shane Beamer. You hope he's going to be in there for the long haul and be successful and be able to turn the program into a consistent winner. But uh, why, why today? What's over the past two years? Obviously he has improved the program from where it was when he took over but was there a rush to make a major, major emphasis and, and put this much more muscle in terms of money behind the the football program? I, I, you could have probably raised his salary a little bit, maybe added an extra year on the contract, just so you don't put yourself in that same scenario that you were in with Will Muschamp, where you ultimately had to pay off a, a big contract before you could even hire Shane Beamer. Well, they've protected
1: themselves from that with this. They, they do not have that kind of buyout involved here with Beamer. So that's the number one thing. The number two Mm -hmm. thing, they had to do something because they had to keep his years at five, four, and five. You want to keep that in place, so they had to get that back in place. And I don't think they really busted their bank here. I mean, I think they got him on the cheap
5: the first couple of years,
1: Mm -hmm. and I think that now they've put him in the middle of the SEC for the most part, which I think is a good place to be with South Carolina until you become the king until you get up to where you're winning championships and playing in the championships, the national championships, I think you're right where you are. I mean, look at the highest paid guys. The only one right now you'd say is absolutely totally overpaid is Jimbo Fisher because Nick Saban is still <laughs> producing at a high level and Dabo Sweeney, even though he's missed the playoffs the last two years, he did win an ACC championship and he was probably a game out of making the playoffs. The loss of South Carolina knocked them out. So you know he's earning his money for what they think it's worth to have a championship level program. South Carolina's not at championship level. They're at mid-level program right now and he's going to be paid at mid-level. And then why today you got recruiting going on, right? You're about to make the surge here for the last part of January. You got some some guys out there that you really want. This never hurts to be able to say, "Okay, look, I'm locked in for 5 years. Here's my coaching staff. Nobody's leaving." I mean, they are interchanging Coach Adkins for Coach Teasley, but as far as we know, that's a, a health thing. There was no firings, there were no coaches uh, besides Satterfield, of course. Satterfield left. Let me rephrase that: Satterfield's gone. But I'm talking about right now, at the end of the season, uh, since the bowl game, there's nobody up and leaving. When you when you typically have coaches leave for other for other jobs after the bowl game and after the initial signing period. So all that looks good for South Carolina. I, so I would
4: agree with I everything would
1: think you they just should laid out. They, yeah, I think they should feel pretty good about the deal that they've given him.
4: All right, let's jump do, to the phone. I do yeah. have mm-hmm. one quick thing I yeah. wanted to point out, and it's something we can explore. But you talked about making sure you have a coach locked in for four to five years now because the theory was you want to make sure when you're recruiting at the high school level that that coach is going to be there the entire time your son is there if you're talking to the parents. Is that as necessary anymore in college athletics, Phil, to be able to say I'm going to be here four or five years when you know 90%, maybe that's a high mark, maybe 60% of the players you recruit are not going to finish their career at your school? Yeah, really.
1: I mean, what's you should be saying to the player, I hope you're here. While
4: I'm here. It's not the other way around. Yeah, all I can guarantee is I will be here for your freshman season. Right. If you make it to your freshman year, you know. (laughs) All right, let's quickly
1: jump to the phones before we have to hit a break because folks have been waiting for a while. So we go to um, Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry. Welcome in, sir. How are you? Hope you're doing well. I am doing just fine. But I've been laying here listening to you talk
6: but he didn't say anything about Bobo oh Bobo and then I heard something about Steve Spurrier Jr. going somewhere to play caller. but let me tell you about what happened to this Marshawn Lloyd deal he came back to Coach Beamer wanting to play in the ball game Coach Beamer said no. Well, Maryland was supposed to have him a spot. Have him a spot on the Maryland team. They're supposed to be going to transfer portal. Well, he went in the transfer portal. Old Big Tree, whatever you call him, he decommitted from Carolina. Well, then not tells Morrison, Lord, you don't. Ha- we don't have a spot for you. We can't. We we can't place you. Well, they left old Paul Morrison out to dry. Well, then, Big Tree, he wound up signing with Carolina. Now, I got this from the horse's mouth. I know what I'm talking about. I know you don't. You don't believe all that I tell you. I believe everything I mean, that you say. Okay. I tell you what happened. Beamer told Marshawn, said, You can come back next year if you want to. I will take you, we will take you back, but you cannot play in the bowl game. And so, I don't guess that suited too well with Marshawn. And him and Beamer talked, and Beamer told him, that I will try uh, to help you. Found a place you can go. So him and Beamer and his old buddy, uh whatever that guy is out there in Southern California, Lincoln Riley, mm. they got to talking and old Lincoln and told Shane, said yeah, I'll take him and that's how he got out there to Southern California. Mm. But he is not gonna be a spring back. So what's he going to do? He doesn't, I don't know. But I don't blame the young man. I don't blame him. I don't blame any of the young men for doing what to do. Because I made mistakes in my life, my young life also. But I want to say one thing. It is a privilege for me to follow Andy on the show. Uh, really it is really is a privilege to, for me to be able to follow Andy on the show.
1: Well, listen, I hate That's to jump my- in. I hate to jump We got to go to a break. We're up against the time, but uh, we appreciate it. Your uh, deep throat sources are impeccable. And I believe everything you said.
2: <laughs>
1: and, you know, Southern Cal, I don't know looking what they have on the depth chart, but you know they got running backs in their program. So I guess Marshawn Lloyd thinks that uh, he can go out there and compete. Instead of being the dog, he would be the dog in Columbia. Um, Is he going to be the dog at Southern Cal? We'll see in time. Major
7: Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation
0: of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest
7: reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store.
0: Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit relaxjoinfounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders
2: Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA.
1: Looking at the depth chart at Southern Cal, I see two running backs. I, I, I'm looking at the depth chart used by our lads, which is a a draft website, but they're usually really good at keeping up the things. So this Austin Jones listed as a senior transfer, and Relique Brown listed as a freshman. Otherwise, I don't see any other running backs listed on their roster. So maybe it's an opportunity out there for him. But again, he would have been the dog. At South Carolina, no question. Speaking of the dogs, let's go to um, our callers once again. Hank, the dog of all callers on Sports Talk. Welcome in, sir.
5: Hey, corn. Um, on that Southern Cal website, uh, you must be missing. The, there's a guy that they had a really two good run, running backs. One named Die, who I think has like a COVID senior year. He could come back. I think he got hurt earlier in the season, um, and another guy that. Rally brought in from Oklahoma, also. So I think there's two, there's one or two really good backs.
1: Could that be Austin then, Jones? Uh, is he the transfer from Oklahoma?
5: He might be, but there's a guy that was already out there. It was like a big time running back, that, and he got hurt earlier in the year. Yeah. Uh, who would be the, really the lead back? No, I take um,
1: it back. I take it back. It says here Jones transferred from Stanford.
5: Yeah. So And then uh, uh, when you were talking about the cost of living you remember they do allow adjustments for cost of living they they when that thing came out they talked about you know whether kids would start going to texas or Ohio state versus other schools because of cost of living so that that is a um, you mean you're talking about the things
1: the ncaa was giving in their stipends so if you lived in los Uh angeles you got more than if you lived in rhode
5: island yeah you had to turn it yeah each school has a different cost of living and it's put out for all of the students and your your cost-of-living stipend is based off of what your school puts out for your entire school. So there are different cost-of-living across the country in terms of that stipend that goes to uh, athletes and okay. and players who get that. Um, and then uh, last thing, hmm? uh, Corn, I, 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 the thing about the contract, and I'm, I'm not sure what uh, Chris was thinking, but you, you can't go – you can't finish third in the East – and then go into next year having your coach be the lowest-played coach in the league <laughs> and have any recruit look at you seriously. You're going to have – that's the easiest way for coaches to negatively recruit against you, if anything, is for a school.
1: Yeah, and thank you very much for the call. Yeah, I think they, they had to do something here two years in and coming off this season, and I, I I think everything smells exactly right with what they did. Top of the hour break. We'll be back.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat
1: with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back with you here on a Friday night. It's a good Friday night. It's a fun Friday night. It's a fun Friday free-for-all here on Sports Talk, 888-898. I'll slow it down. Maybe I say it too fast sometimes. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you to reach us here on Sports Talk. Open for your phone calls for the next little while. We'll do recruiting in a few minutes. Then the bottom of the hour, George Bryan and Rob Thames will join us. Rob, of course, coming to us from over at one of our favorite uh, locations in the entire world, Tsunami Bar Sports, here in Columbia. We'll be talking birdies and bogeys and biceps around South Carolina because they all go together. Having nice biceps and a good golf swing, I think, makes for the perfect human being. If I could have a beautiful bicep and a beautiful golf swing, I'd be a happy guy. So we'll be talking about that, what's going on in the golf world, uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, our phone lines are now open for you, 888-898-2525. Let me pass along uh, a few other things. Well, first of all, Chris, uh, your thoughts on um, the announcement from Coastal Carolina today of the the full staff now for Tim Beck. Looks like a good staff. He's got some older guys with a lot of experience. He's got some younger guys up and coming in the coaching world. Looks like he's put together a good group
4: frankly, Phil, and, and you talked about several of the guys you recognized, most of those names I did not, so frankly, I, I don't know much about the staff. They obviously have tremendous experience, especially at the uh, Power 5 level, which I think Tim Beck was hoping to bring in and bring some experience in there. I think the most interesting part, Joshua Miller, you talked about him being retained, but Chad Staggs not being retained as the interim head coach going into the bowl game, former D.C. he was That, that to me, was the most notable absence, because I think they did offer Him a position on the staff to stay around. He did not want, evidently, take that. But otherwise, it looks like a really good staff. It really does. Um, And fortunately for them, they've got their quarterback back and their best receiver back for next season, so they'll be able to build. You knew the entire offensive staff was going to get an overhaul because all of those guys, for the most part, went with uh, Jamie Chadwell up to Liberty. The defensive staff, I was curious to see how that was going to play out and if Chad Staggs actually did stay around. But obviously, he did not when the release came out with the uh, new staff. But I guess time will tell on that, yeah. for sure. Now, is he not going to Liberty, Chad Stacks? Don't think so. I haven't seen anything about that. Now, maybe he is, but I'm, I have not seen anything about him going up to Liberty. Mm. Okay.
1: I find so, that interesting since they had been mm-hmm. together for so long. And, right. I mean, Chad did a great job. I know the defense wasn't up to standards this past season, but for the most part, he, he, he had done a great job. And he had produced players. He had developed players who've moved on to the NFL or Mm -hmm. who have gotten a chance to be in the NFL.
4: Oh, absolutely. He's done a tremendous job. This year was sort of the outlier, and unfortunately it came on a season where the head coach leaves and moves on. But I'm I'm looking at Liberty's staff right now, and they've already got their two DCs, uh, Jack Curtis and also Schuyler McGee, are the two co-defensive coordinators. So. uh, Stags did not go with with um, Jamie up to Liberty so yeah I agree with you I thought Stags had done a nice job but the uh, past couple of seasons certainly this season in particular sort of sticks out like a sore thumb with the amount of points they gave up down the stretch and some of that can be attributed to injuries and maybe just not developing the uh, back end of that defense I think a lot of it though has to be attributed to the rumors and everything going starting to swirl around late in the season about Jamie Chadwell possibly going elsewhere was the Liberty story actually true and it turned out to be so i think that probably bothered the team as well yeah okay and if i may i yeah. wanted to respond since i didn't get a chance top of the hour I wanted to respond yeah. to uh, hank's comments and i agree with him on, on on the surface but what i'm i'm sort of the guy who looks at things and remembers that old saying about those who fail to remember the past are condemned to repeat it mm-hmm. he talked about you couldn't extend shane beamer's contract after finishing third in the fcc Keep in mind when Will Muschamp, after two years, he finished second in the SEC East, and look what happened three years later. You had to get rid of him mid-season. I don't anticipate that happening to Shane Beamer. I was just cautioning that this, at least on the surface, is a similar circumstance that USC has gone down before. Hopefully for them, it pays off, and pays off in a big, big way. But again, it's a it, same, similar scenario, and you, you touched on maybe the biggest difference is the buyout. Uh, but it works on a fairly similar scenario that Muschamp did after his second year.
1: The, uh, the path has been very similar between the two mm-hmm. thus far. Yep. I mean, there's no really doubt. one game difference, and that was the fact that Muschamp won his bowl game in year two, and Beamer did not. Um, and also, let's see, Muschamp, he won five SEC games in his second year and Beamer won four. Now Beamer mm-hmm. won his bowl game his first year and Must Champ did not, so lost in overtime as I recall. Birmingham. That beautiful was just Birmingham. what I was pointing out. Yeah, yeah I get it. I get what listen, I mean I think I think there are a lot of and I think there's probably a lot of Gamecock fans who were going into this when the you know, when the talk of and knowing you're gonna redo the contract were a little bit hesitant over what had happened before and you know mm-hmm. that Ray Tanner was as well. I mean, look, nobody put a gun to Ray Tanner's head and, and forced him to give Will Muschamp that huge buyout. For some right. reason, he believed he had to do that to protect his own interest. that Muschamp might up and walk and go somewhere else. And so, you know, he was just trying to protect what he thought was his interest and tie him down for the long term, not expecting things to turn south so quickly in the program. Now, look, if South Carolina doesn't have Spencer Rattler next year, and doesn't have Antoine Wells, yes, they'll have somebody playing quarterback, and yes, they'll have somebody playing receiver. But, I mean, now you're looking at an offense with a new coordinator, a brand-new quarterback, a quarterback, whoever it is, if he's in the program now or he comes from the portal, John, somebody who's hardly played football at South Carolina, if not at all. Uh, You're looking at probably a brand-new running back, Unless Juju McDowell turns out to be the guy, which I don't, I don't think he will be the guy, you're going to have to have some development at wide receiver. I know Xavier Leggett gives you a nice place to start there, but I mean you're losing if Wells goes, you're losing Wells, you're losing Van, you're losing Brooks, um, Marion Brown. Uh, I think he might be back, but then you're losing all those tight ends. But you're bringing in a bunch of tight ends, but. You're losing the whole right side of your offensive line from center to the right. So who knows what this offense is going to look like in 2023. It might be a dud or it might be dynamo. You know, going into his third year at South Carolina for uh, Will Muschamp, they were feeling pretty good about things coming off that win. Remember, all gas, no brakes. That was the slogan. Mm -hmm. He uttered that in the locker room after they beat Michigan. And he said that to the media. He said, I told those guys, I told those guys in there, you're going to get a couple of days off. You're going to show up for uh winter drills. All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. <laughs> As only must champ could say it. All gas, all gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. Um, and, and, That's you know, the brakes, the brakes hit, you know, in year three and they had the injuries and then they, it, it, they just never recovered from yeah. that point. I mean, they, they lost that game. Actually, you know, year three was had a chance, and then they lost that game at Florida. I've mentioned this many times. They, they had a chance, and then they lost that game at Florida, and then it was pretty much all downhill. They got shut out in the bowl game. No Debo Samuel. No, they got shut out in the bowl game, and then Bentley gets hurt to start the next year, and then that was really, you know, the handwriting was on the wall at that point. It was three successive down seasons. And all of a sudden, you're firing your coach uh, in the middle of the, the next year in the COVID year. You're firing your coach, and you got this huge buyout. You got to pay him. Definitely. Nothing is guaranteed, you know. Nothing is guaranteed right now. I would say, I mean, there's few guarantees in college football today. Um, obviously, Alabama's a pretty much a guarantee. Who else is a guarantee? Looks like Ohio State's pretty much a guarantee. Clemson has been a guarantee here over the last several years, over the last decade really, but are they starting to slip a little bit? You know, as our poll question of the week asks, are they starting to slip a little bit? Time will tell. Um, Is Lincoln Riley a guarantee out at Southern Cal? Well, he didn't make the playoffs this year. It's just his first year. I get that. But he didn't make the playoffs, and that's what he was hired to do. Look at Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. What's he done? Sarkeesian didn't make the playoffs at Texas first year, but didn't make the playoffs. Let's see what happens when he's got uh, – Now, what's going to happen out there with that quarterback situation because he's got a stud puppy who transferred already once, and now you got Manning coming in. That's going to be interesting to watch. You know the two of them are not going to coexist out of Texas. <laughs> Somebody's hitting the portal, John, probably yeah, before they play the first league game. I would imagine. Yeah, when they're going to they're going to run a two quarterback system, which makes me wonder about Clemson. I mean, what's going to happen at Clemson when Vizina arrives and everybody's raving about Vizina and you got Klubnik, who's really going to be a brand new starter even though he started the bowl game, he's going to be a brand new starter in 23. I mean, they might coexist for a year. I can't see that lasting the long term. If Vizina's not getting any play, he's not going to stay. And if and if Klubnik gets passed by him, he's not going to stay. I mean, that's just the way it is with quarterbacks. If I ain't playing, I ain't staying.
4: So, Phil, how do you handle that as a recruiter? You're Davos Sweeney, you're Shane Beamer, you're Jimbo Fisher, whomever. you've Best got, man plays. Yeah, well, my, my point is, though, do you continue to try and recruit the best quarterback every cycle, knowing that you're probably going to lose two or three of them? Or do you maybe get a quarterback every other cycle and perhaps focus more on other offensive or defensive weapons where the need may be? Well, you got to have quarterbacks. Right. You know, because so much is put on.
1: I don't know. I mean, so much is put on quarterbacks today. But you tell me how these uh, highly rated quarterbacks who have been the man for three or four years at every level, junior high, high school, seven on seven, They've been dined and wined and treated like kings everywhere they've been. And all of a sudden, they're not the man in college. And they're behind somebody else who has been in the same situation.
4: They're not going to stick around. Makes you you know, appreciate, I think, as a fan of college sports, whether you're a Gamecock fan or not, what Luke Doty and On Joyner have done. Because both of those guys were highly rated talents coming out of high school, both what Mr. Football's in the state... And an opportunity they could have played and started anywhere else, or at least played considerably more than they have. But both of them have chosen to stick to what was their commitment when they came out of high school, stayed with their school. You're seeing very less and less of that and more of I, I'm not playing anymore, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. in Joyner's case, I mean, he's going to play it out and finish his career at South Carolina. Doty's still relatively young in terms of eligibility, and if he's not in the quarterback race this year, they got to find a place to play him, maybe wide receiver. And if he's not getting any run there and somebody else is in at quarterback and he's not getting a look there, I I couldn't see him stay in as much as he might love the place. If he wants Mm -hmm. to go play football somewhere, I couldn't see him staying. But he's going to wait and see what happens here in the spring. Look who they bring in, if they have to bring in somebody. Certainly he knows, they all know, if Rattler comes back, He's going to be the guy for another year. So if you're Braden Davis, if you're Doty, if you're Bailey, the highly he was a highly tallied recruit coming out of Alabama. Um, if you're Gauthier, uh, I think I've covered them all pretty much. Daniels, I think, left the program. So what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have that other window. There's another transfer window opens up in May. So what are you going to do? Uh, by the way, I made a mistake. This was Sarkeesian's second year?
0: Is that right? Yeah, it was his second year, and then which while we're saying it, too, remember Quinn Ewers spent his first year at Ohio State. So right. He, he's, a, he's NFL draft eligible after one more year, so you got to think he and the, the young and guy will only have to be there for one year together.
4: Yeah.
1: I wonder how that will work out this year, though. Ewers doesn't take me as a type who wants to sit behind anybody. No. You know.
4: I mean, he's the same kid that, that got out of high school in the state of Texas early enough so he could chase the NIL money. I'm not sure he's going to sit behind anybody on that Texas bench. No, I agree. Well, that's I what agree. I
0: mean, though. I, th- I think he'll, he'll be the starter next year and declare for the NFL draft after the season, mm-hmm. and Manning will be able to just sit back and learn for a year, not face the pressure, and then be able to start as a sophomore.
1: Do you think Manning's going to want to do that?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, he had to have known the situation he was walking into. I would feel like certainly those conversations took place. I don't, I don't think he would have gone there and we see you not in the transfer portal. Like, there had to have been conversations for them both to, both to be there.
1: All right, quickly we go to uh, – no, okay. We do not do that, so let me uh, mention a couple of other things before we get to uh, the recruiting report. Stop me if you've heard this before. Offensive line coach Will Friend, who had been at Auburn, was set to join the staff at Memphis as offensive line coach, and now he's flipped to Mississippi State in a role to be determined. Remember, he, had, he was going to stay at South Carolina, and then when Mike Bobo left to go to Auburn, after uh, Shane Beamer took over, uh, he took off for Auburn with him, and now he's looking for a job and may end up at Mississippi State instead of going to Memphis. Former Gamecock safety R.J. Roderick taking a visit this weekend to Liberty so he can uh, reacquaint himself there with Jamie Chadwell at Liberty. And let's see. What else? Um, there's a couple of other things I wanted to mention. Told you about all the Clemson stuff, all about the South Carolina stuff. Oh, Benedict College offensive lineman Henry Mitchell selected to the 2023 HBCU Legacy Bowl. And Clemson receiver Joseph Ngata. Apparently has accepted an invite to the National Football League Players Association All-Star Game. At least they've announced that he's playing. And you don't play in that game unless you're going to the pros. Now, Ngata has not announced that he's going to the NFL draft, which makes that all the more intriguing. And a uh, story by Lou Bajak this afternoon in Columbia, Heathwood Hall coach Danny Lewis is going to the Citadel to be the assistant head coach and tight ends coach under Maurice Drayton. That's a tremendous – seriously, that's a tremendous hire. Uh, Danny Lewis, he'll recruit the heck out of the state of South Carolina, and uh, he'll do well. He'll do well with them there. Todd Blackledge is leaving ESPN to join NBC and team with Noah Eagle. Who is Noah Eagle? Is that – Ian Eagle's uh, son?
4: Yes, he is. And if you listen to them, Phil, you put them side-by-side and side, you didn't look at them, they sound exactly alike. They're identical voice matches. Kind of like it's Woody scary. and West Durham? Yes, exactly. But I'm And this is not going to be a popular opinion because I know how much people love Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler, but ESPN's best broadcast crew was Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge, mm-hmm. and it's not even close. And, unfortunately, that's going to be broken up because I, I loved listening to those guys do games.
1: it's going to work Big Ten games. Former Clemson receiver E.J. Williams transferring to Indiana. Uh, Steve Spurrier, Jr., son of Steve Spurrier, and a former Gamecock assistant, been at Mississippi State, going to Tulsa as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Gamecock Larry mentioned that earlier on the show. Thank you, Gamecock Larry, for being on top of that. Uh, Former USC defensive back Joey Hunter is transferring to Akron. And with that, I think we have uh, covered everything. So let's hit the break, and we'll come back with the recruiting report tonight here on Sports Talk. And then after that, birdies and bogeys and biceps around uh, South Carolina. George Brian III, Rob Thames joining us at the bottom of the hour for that. Look forward to having them with us as well. We'll be back. Give you the recruiting report on this Friday night in just a moment. Don't go away.
3: Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org.
4: Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina education lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game, it's played for fun. So set a dollar amount, expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com.
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity and members save more on insurance, groceries, Healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
1: Recruiting time here on Sports Talk on this Friday night, brought to you by our great friends over at the Seawells. Get ready for another week next week of the Daily Luncheon Buffet, 11 to 2, uninterrupted next week, I think. Monday through Friday, we certainly hope it's uninterrupted. Was not available today because of a private party that we were not invited to. I wonder who the party was for. It's probably somebody important, way above our pay raise, our pay, our, our, not pay raise, our, our pay level. So we were not invited, but you're invited for the uh, daily luncheon buffet every day next week. So get out and enjoy. And if you've got something coming up this year in 2023 requires the best in the catering business, just give Seawells a call at 803-771-7385, online at com. Let them handle the entire deal for you. All right. So USC offered Shrine Bowl receiver Elijah Caldwell, 61190. Receivers coach Justin Stepp looking to add to the three receivers signed in December. Caldwell was one of the state's top receivers this season, committed to West Virginia in July, decommitted December 19th. Stepp stepped in with his involvement then after he decommitted. They made contact. They've been talking ever since. It really picked up after the Shrine Bowl. In the Shrine Bowl, Caldwell had four catches for 61 yards and a win. On the season, he had 77 catches, 1,365 yards, and 20 touchdowns. He's also talked to O.C. Dowell Loggins, so they're getting all in on him. He has not set a visit yet, but he will visit in January. Going to go to NC State official January 13th. Georgia Tech, Purdue, and Mississippi State are also getting heavily involved. Clemson won the three finalists for tied in Christian Bentenker, 6'5", 240, Woodstock, Illinois along with Ohio State and Oregon. Next Friday, the 13th, he'll hold an announcement ceremony at his school. He said the decision's been made. He's notified the coaching staff. He took unofficial visits to all three finalists. Clemson, November 12th, the middle visit of the three. He went to Ohio State in September and to Oregon the weekend after Clemson. Ohio State is closest to home, but he said distance will not be a factor at all. He camped at Clemson last summer, and that's when he was offered. And he really likes the the Clemson scene, the culture, the fans, and the fact that they won another ACC championship. He racked up 54 catches, 1,058 yards, and 11 touchdowns this season. Woodland offensive tackle Cam Pringle down to a final six. USC Clemson, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, and NC State. Western Illinois transfer offensive tackle Sidney Fuger. On his official visit to USC this weekend, coming off a visit to Cincinnati, USC's offered Michigan transfer receiver Andrell Anthony Jr., 6'2", 190. Many schools have offered him. USC offered 2024 offensive tackle Caleb Brewer while missing Pennsylvania. He's 6'6", 290. Running back Chris Davis of Picayune, Mississippi, and running back Gavin Griffin of Camden, Mississippi, plan to be at USC on the 21st. USC's in the top 10 with linebacker Daniel Hill, a Meridian, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, Penn State, Arkansas, the others. USC offered offensive tackle Nair Daniels of Newark, New Jersey, and also planning to visit South Carolina on the 21st, Luca Fuccinelli, a tight end out of Richmond, Virginia. He's got South Carolina down for that particular junior day. That'll do it. Chris, thank you, man. Have a great weekend. We lost Chris. He's chasing the bus. Chasing the bus. He's off to a good weekend. We've got birdies and bogeys and biceps coming up.
8: Four.
2: Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. It started
0: to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my lost sight of it. That
3: little white palette has never been found
2: to this day.
1: Oh, it's a great time in January. We got the golf season back underway after the holiday break. We're playing out in Hawaii, which means you can go home and watch some primetime golf as we're playing in round two of the Century Tournament of Champions. And Colin Morikawa is your leader, playing today 13 under par, still on the course. Luke List a 65 today. He's at minus 10. Did I say Morikawa is minus 13? List is minus 10. Brian Harmon is minus 10, and Scotty Scheffler is minus 10, and Tom Kim is minus 10, and J.J. Spawn is minus 10. Jordan Spieth on the course, 9 under. John Rahm is 9 under. So you got some great golfers playing some really good golf, And we welcome in two great golfers to the program, birdies and bogeys and biceps around South Carolina, George Bryan III and Rob Thames, Rob from Tsunami Bar Sports and George from George Bryan Incorporated. GB3, how are you? Great to have you with us.
7: I'm doing better than I deserve to be. I hope you and Tsunami Robbie and Patrick, all the rest, hope y'all are good too. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to y'all. Great time to be playing golf the weather South Carolina right now. Even though it was a little chillier today, it's still fantastic time to get out on those links.
7: Oh my goodness. It was it wasn't too chilly yesterday or today. Absolutely perfect. And you know, it's uh it's so so awesome to see Golf on TV starting off the new year and I can't help but look at that look at those blue skies and thinking about augusta mm. augusta national coming up in the spring it's just around the corner be here quicker than you think and welcome tsunami robbie how you doing
9: man tsunami robbie is in the house having fun making new year's resolutions
7: and enjoying the
9: golf. just like phil said out in hawaii it's i'm watching it on television right now that The weather looks spectacular, and these guys are throwing some darts. Hmm. Thirteen under, and he's only uh, Collins only threw eight uh, on the on round two, when he's already a thirteen under. So, it's going to be probably a record breaking uh, leaderboard again
7: this year. Well, records. Speaking of records, right before we came on the uh, telecast, Phil, you're probably more current with the announcement by augusta national and i, I as we is round the corner there's one tournament more popular than all the others on planet earth i had a buddy of mine Rand randolph smith just uh send me a little reminder about augusta and more and that when i looked at his text uh there's a guy in town named tim crapwell so tim crapwell who now lives in ohio is hanging out in sac mm. for the weekend. I was at Brookline, Massachusetts in 1982, watching him play a match against Jim Hallett. Tim Crapful had a putt of about two feet to play at Augusta. And it didn't go in the cup. But welcome welcome to South Carolina, Tim Crapple. Uh, appreciate that heads up, Randolph. I hope Tim will come join me now. Uh, I, I don't think there's a – a tournament that a a very few days go by that a young player out there in this world doesn't think about playing in that Augusta national in the master's event. And when I talked to Tim right after it happened, he was heartbroken Mm. going through, especially with his caddy, what happened. And he sat over that putt thinking about how much it was going, how much fun it was going to be at Augusta national. Mm. So, uh, The ball didn't go in. He did not get a chance to play in Augusta, but he was uh, the 1978-1979 South Carolina State High School. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mm. He was the national high school champion. Went on to play at Auburn in his freshman year. He was All-SEC and finished third in the conference championship. I remember watching it at Westlake at Augusta, but... uh, I know it's still January, February, uh, March will be in between, but then there's April and Augusta. And I was looking, as I looked up, there was an announcement made at Augusta. Phil, you got the intel on how they're going to do uh, the invites, And I read a release, maybe you're more current. I read a release that said they weren't changing their policies. And I'm not sure what that meant. Is that ambiguous? Or you give me the skinny. Fill me in.
1: Well, for this Phil. year, for this year, you know Augusta, they're a year-by-year deal. And so for this year when it comes to uh, Live Golf, they have announced that if you are a Live Golf Tour member but you meet the criteria to play in Augusta, then you'll be welcome. You'll get an invitation. They're not banning Live Golf players. They're opening it up for everybody. So if you meet the criteria – Whichever level of criteria you happen to qualify under, you'll get an invite, and you can play at Augusta this year. Whether or not that will continue into 24 and beyond remains to be seen. But at least for 2023, that's going to be their plan.
7: Well, I don't. At this point, I don't have an invite. Tsunami, Robbie, uh, have you checked your mailbox today? <laughs>
9: Yeah, I check my email, my mailbox. I check my carrier pigeon. I check the smoke signals in the sky, and I don't have an invite to even come to a practice round. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm all for those guys that, that have qualified to play. You're a past champion. Uh, you get to go play just because they're playing on another tour. Um, You know, guys that have retired and they're they're either not doing anything or might be doing some side business that they started, but they still qualify as a past champion, so they should be able to play, in my opinion. And then the guys that that have world ranking points or have qualified another route through, uh, you know, a two-year exemption by winning another major or, or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, they have qualified to play. Now, those guys, uh, when it comes to the next year, you know, those world ranking points because they are not getting them now
8: mm-hmm.
9: uh, those guys are going to fall right off the map and um, and then the uh, you know the guys that have won a, a major or qualified another route that that exemption is going to run out and then it's going to be down to just the past champions so um but the, you know they might work it out they might bring their tour up to uh, you know the the standard where they they have full field events and have qualifiers and and the things that are needed to be able to to uh, um, subject themselves to world ranking points and be able to to get in the the play box. But, you know, we'll just see how it goes.
1: Do you think, however, guys, do you think that Augusta National will ever recognize just a run-of-the-mill live golf tour tournament winner? Let's just say, like, one of the qualifications, if my memory's right about Augusta National and the Masters, right, if you win an event in that calendar year, between masters you're in right you win and you're in that's one of the qualifications and that's the way it's been on the pga tour you think they'll ever stretch it to where if you win a lift tournament but you don't qualify under any other uh, regulation that you'll get in
9: i don't know about that one uh, because they don't uh, you know the pga tour has that um, has that that um that invitation type of status but The European tour, the DP world tour does not have it. And the Asian tour doesn't have it or the Australia Asian tour and the other tours uh, around the world that uh, don't seem to have it. So I don't know that they can just step in without meeting some other criteria. Yeah.
1: Something to look at down the road. Uh, George, before we move into another direction, I want to catch up on something with everything happening in December with the holidays and the bowl games and everything else going on. We should mention I don't think we mentioned this. The SEGA announced their Players of the Year for 2022, and you can talk about these uh, gentlemen. Sam Jackson of West Columbia was the Player of the Year, 19, I'm sorry, a 2015 PC graduate, and the Senior Player of the Year, Eddie Hargett of Blythewood. So those are the two individuals that – Won the respective Players of the Year honors in South Carolina from the SCGA.
7: Well, congratulations to both. I happen to know both pretty well and watched plays not recently, but used to play quite a bit with Eddie Hargett, and I had the privilege of watching Sam Jackson grow up. Sam's a uh, graduate of Pillion High School and actually came along uh, as a junior golfer. Uh, I'd say for to some he might have been a slow developer, but he didn't get started till late and got really good really quick in high school. Played in the U.S. Junior Championship at let's see in Massachusetts and drawing a blank on the golf course. But uh, he is uh, he did graduate from PC in. I, I thought it was 2016. I thought he was the same age as my daughter, Mary Chandler. Hmm. But he's uh, not just a great golfer, but, um, but a fine young man. Uh, and I, I think he should be, based on that award, he should be thinking about playing this game for a living. He's that good. He plays out at the country club of Lexington, hits his ball a long way and hits it awfully solid. All, obviously, puts it really well. Now, Eddie Hargett's a veteran and been around for quite a while. Uh, the one thing I can say about uh, Mr. Hargett is he never gives up. And I call him the ultimate turbo grinder. He just doesn't give up, never gives up. Doesn't matter where he is, where he stands. He just keeps going. So, well, congratulations. I'm glad uh, you brought that out. mm mm-hmm. yeah. And I do want to go ahead and, and shift gears. Uh, I want to go back to that tournament, the tournament of champions, which they allowed. And this is a topic I'd like to discuss right after Tsunami Robbie addresses the injury prevention, uh, preventive injury uh, topic, because there was a withdrawal this week. Xander mm-hmm. Shoffley uh, withdrew, and there seemed to be some uh, some hype around it uh, to, as to what happened and. Uh, But before we get in and make a few comments about that, talk a little bit about the Sonali Bar technology. Uh, This segment is now the Triple B, Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps, renamed by Phil. (laughs) And if you go to the website and decide to purchase any of the products, that's what you fill out as you're checking out BBB. Uh, It is BBB 5 for 5% off. (laughs) And we just made that up, (laughs) but I did talk with, I just talked with uh, Mike on the telephone. It'll be ready to go even before the weekend, Tsunami Robbie. Mike Ramsey would be the CEO for Tsunami Bar Sports. Triple B five, as you're checking out for 5% off. And thank you very much for renaming the segment, Phil. So Tsunami Robbie, talk about the Tsunami Bar, which is a magical product, live weight, and it's, influence on preventive injury, not just for golf, but other sports. And then even on the rehab side, take it away, Robbie.
9: Yes, sir. You know, I, I and uh, you're right. Xander Shoffley uh, started as round two today and I think he got through maybe eight holes. I'm not quite sure how many, but the back was just being a little bit too much of a problem. And I have not heard uh, anything uh, in particular or what might've been going on with Xander specifically uh, other than to say that it wasn't anything really structural, like a disc problem or anything like that, um, so it's probably uh, you know an imbalance of of um, um, muscular pull ar- around the uh, around the back, low back, um, maybe with the obliques or the transverse abdominis, and and how that relates uh, back to the, the back when you're doing a lot of rotational type moves. But um, the tsunami bar technology, uh, you know, this is the time of year. Uh, to make that New year's resolution to get yourself uh, ready to play golf uh, for the summer. And <clears throat> it's really easy to do. The technology uh, makes it, makes it easy to do because the technology works for you. Uh, you don't you have to put some work into it, but uh, unlike the deadweight bar where you have to put a hundred percent of the work into it, the live technology with the tsunami bar is going it's going to, uh, going to re- uh, deflect, and uh, rebound and load and unload and allow you to work with speed, range of motion and um, m- more 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 movement within any particular exercise that you might be trying to perform um, I, you know I'd really like to have a, a a video up right now so we could point some things out. Hmm. that's really difficult it's really difficult to, to to talk to it. Uh, without really kind of studying it as you're watching it because the bar puts you in positions to where you have to work your stabilizing muscles to a higher degree than you would if you were exercising with any other kind of weight or or resistance form. And the stabilizers are what is going to help keep those joints uh, in tip top shape, the integrity of the shoulder joint, the integrity of the knees, the integrity of the hips. That's all increased and enhanced by use of the tsunami bar technology and the way that it works with you so i would highly suggest to get on the website uh, and get take advantage of that bbb5 i'd heard about it but i didn't know it was going to be live this weekend but uh, that's good news to hear george
7: hey thanks to phil and even renaming i'm telling you we're going to take that tsunami rocky there's more to discuss about the triple b5 but <laughs> Bertie's bogeys and Pasta. we're taking it we're taking that to another level, so live weight is what Tsunami Bar is all about. Phil, one of the things that I did, I was at the coast, didn't have any service, didn't have it uh, at all. I did, I could connect to the Internet, so I tapped into the radio station. You showed me a route, and you can actually watch or listen to the radio show by going to the website. How do you do that? If you go to the website, you can easily see those videos of Tsunami Robbie and Phil demonstrating the 47 from heaven.
1: Well, it's it's more Robbie demonstrating and me standing there like a blocking dummy. <laughs> I'm the blocking dummy in this practice. And and to rename the segment was very easily be, easy to do because, as I look at it, we each bring something to the segment. You bring the birdies, I bring the bogeys, <laughs> and Rob brings the biceps. B, B, B. <laughs> That's that's kind of how it works. You're the birdie, I'm the bogey, and he's the bicep. So I'm sure he's got some birdies in there too. Um, more pr- mo- more accurately for me, it should be B D B B, as in double bogey. But I'll settle I'll settle I'll settle for a bogey right now. But yeah, on our website, if you go to it, you'll see it at the top of the right side column, and you'll see the video that. In fact, I'm going to refresh the video this weekend with another one, and they have been well viewed. We appreciate that. And also there's a link right above. Just click on the digital ad. It'll take you right to your website, Robbie. And I was tooling around there today, and it tells you all about what's going on at Tsunami Bar Sports and about the individuals who work with everybody and about the golf, uh, the golf clinic and everything else you guys have to offer there at Chris Road. In fact, in, in West Columbia, I was having lunch with the great rick sanford yesterday and of course Mm. he of the maybe what three percent body fat Um but i told him about the tsunami bar and i got him interested in wanting to get his hands on one of those things and uh you know he's into he does yoga and he does what's it called pilates he does pilates if I'm saying that Pilates. right.
7: Pilates.
1: <laughs> Pilates. I'm sorry. Pilates. I thought it was a. I thought it was a food at first, but it's a. It's a. It's a workout thing. Uh, Pilates. I thought it was something Italian. Um, but anyway, we need to get his hands on a 47 from heaven, and and let him get the feel for. It. We're talking about an NFL guy here who could uh, really uh, put that to good use. Yeah, you and
7: absolutely. I didn't. It was only. a – a couple of years ago, you and I played out at Timberlake with Rick, and uh, boy, he's got a good golf swing. I, I think we'll have him over. We just broke, broke ground on an addition that will probably be ready somewhere in the summer, if not before. Uh, so the Tsunami Bar Training Center will expand, and uh, but there will be an outdoor. There'll be outdoor Tsunami Bar training in in the very near future and and so somebody like Rick Sanford he's he's climbed the ed, uh, the ladder in age and hmm. so what we have found is even though it was uh, even though the tsunami bars a technology designed for the industrial strength football baseball basketball explosive strength athlete i think the biggest beneficiary are those who have a few miles on their tread like Phil like Robbie hmm. and like rick sanford and so we will get him over to take a look at that tsunami bar technology the cool thing about it is it's it's very safe you can use it a little bit like a golf club in fact it you it is it possesses the same exact qualities as a golf club meaning it bends it twists and it moves and so by just using the technology you're getting an orientation a great orientation and how the shaft in a golf club works. See, the shaft is an engine of the golf club and it allows the energy and the tech, the technical genius that we have in our bodies to be transferred to the golf ball. So we want to use any kind of, if we want to engage in a fitness technology that makes sense, I think it makes tremendous sense to use a technology that would be somewhat similar to the tool that you're using. So, uh, TsunamiBarsports.com. Click on that website. I love uh, even though I hadn't done it much, I like going to your website to listen to the show so I can get a little visual recreation while we're listening to the great content. <laughs> so, the,
1: works, so Works for me, and it's very, like I said, it's very easy access to your, to y'all's website as well just by clicking on that digital ad.
7: Hey, so... Not, tsunami Robbie and I will travel to the p g a show which is taking place in a couple of weeks Phil we need to work out a little situation where we can check in
8: mm-hmm.
7: uh probably i'm not we won't be there Friday night, so we'll do a little switch on the calendar so we want to let our uh listeners know that the week of the twentieth nineteenth ish twentieth we'll'll we'll prob we'll i'll make the request at this point to be checking in either that tuesday or wednesday and we'll be at the pga show getting current on the latest technology that's down in orlando florida
1: Mm, that sounds like fun is that at the uh is that on international boulevard there at the uh, civic center whatever they call it
7: the convention center absolutely and it's uh it's the greatest golf show on earth i think it's where not only you find the cutting edge of technology but you see all the people all the uh the movers and the shakers—the one who has the most influence in the game of golf—not just uh, administrators, the rules officials, the executive, but you see uh, quite a few players there as well. So that's in two weeks from today, and I tell you what, um, tsunami Robbie, it was fun. It was fun seeing them break ground on the on the new training area, and talk a little bit about how you can uh, how mobile the tsunami bar is, and how you can take it out. As we just about as we put out talk a little bit about the weight and the mobility of the technology
9: yeah you know you're right uh, uh, watching the uh, the areas get cleared out uh, so uh, so we can progress with our short game area and then the outdoor fitness area and uh, and then beyond we've got uh, there's more plans in the works uh, with the property that's around there along with the indoor stuff that's being done so it's the uh, the complex is really going to be be quite special and um, uh, yeah taking that tsunami any of the tsunami products really whether it's the biggest bar the 90 the 90 inch bar speed force max bar that you can load plates on um, you know it's not really the easiest thing to do to carry around 45 pound plates everywhere you go but you carry a speed bar with a, a couple of 25 pound plates uh, you can get a whole lot of work done and you don't need a rack or a bench or any any other kind of uh, hard piece of equipment. All you need is the bar, a uh, little bit of uh, plate, uh, uh, resistance plates for um, uh, to make the bar bend, and the initiative to get uh, to get moving with the bar. Whether you're doing um, any kind of uh, bent over rows or, or um, uh, squats or lunges or split uh, um, split jumps or, or scissor jumps, as I like to call them, there's a number of things you can do uh, just with a little bit of equipment. Uh, out uh, in the outside which is we're going to be doing that george not going to be doing that on a regular basis over there so you, you'll get a uh, first-hand look at how how mobile and easy this stuff is uh, where you don't have to go to a gym uh, get into the crowd uh, uh, mix it up with all the other people uh, waiting in you used to have to wait in line on some of this equipment but you know not so much anymore they've got so much equipment in these places but but uh, the tsunami technology is really quite accommodating so Looking forward to it as we move forward.
7: All right. Well, uh, I know we got a putt out. Probably less, just a few seconds left. Enjoyed it, tsunami, Robbie, and Phil. And until next week, tee high, but so shoot them low. Check out. Don't forget, it's the triple B, BBB five. If you go to the website, you get five percent off on any purchases. Go to the website, and you get five percent off.
1: That's a fantastic deal, guys. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, George. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
7: Weekend, guys.
1: Thank you. And with that, we wish everybody a great weekend. Look forward to being back with you Monday night. Thank you, Pat. And have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday here on Sports Talk.